Alan. Six that mark. We basically always start the challenge segment this way. That's why I mixed it up. I said your last name this time. Yeah. Officer, did you need something? (laughs) Yes, I need red. I don't want to play a cop. Fuck that. Anyway, hello. (laughs) It's the Garner Wager. It is. Would you like to do a challenge? I mean, what if just one week we had like a, like a, a ceasefire and we just didn't fight and we just loved? I don't know if I'm capable of that. <laughs> I was born and bred for war. I'm sorry. You were born inside of bread? What kind of bread? Uh, it was like a pumpernickel. What is pumpernickel? People keep talking about it. I don't think it's real. <laughs> it's a type of bread. What are you talking about? I eat whole wheat bread or nothing. White bread is for people who are white bread people. Whole wheat bread is for human beings. Everything else is invalid. You can't be serious. You are not serious. I know you're not serious. I've never had any other type of bread. You're kidding. I'm definitely kidding. I've gone, been to restaurants. It's not my choice what kind of bread it's something. <laughs> but I don't know. Like If you told me like pick out pumpernickel in a lineup, I wouldn't know what it was. Well, it's pumpernickel is kind of a, a kind of a weird one. You can be forgiven for not necessarily knowing pumpernickel. What's okay? Rye bread. You don't know rye. Wait, what's the one you get at the Cheesecake Factory that's like black? It's like black and has like white spots on it. It could be rye. I don't fucking go to the Cheesecake Factory, my dude. Do you want to come to the Cheesecake Factory with me? We can get like a big soup. I want to do a challenge. That's why we're here. What kind of challenge do you want to do? I wanted. Okay, so we had a listener suggestion actually. Uh, listener Reese suggested that we play 20 questions again, but this time our subject matter are the contestants of the genius season one. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about that? I think that's pretty spicy. Honestly, I think I'm into it. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm super into it. I got, I have my contestant in mind right now. You're never going to guess it. It's going to be sweet. If I never guess it, then we're going to be here for a long time. Uh, I have also guessed, uh, figured out mine. I right. Let's let's go ahead. You want to go first this time? I went first last time. We played twenty questions. So I'm going to ask you the questions first. Uh, no, you. I'm going to ask you. All right, I'm ready. Okay. Is your contestant male? Yes. Is your contestant associated with the music industry? No. Is your contestant Poong? No. Hmm. Hmm. Curious. I didn't think this one would actually be hard. I thought I gave you a low ball, but here we are. <laughs> Is your contestant Jin Ho? Yes. Okay. That sucks. Well. You shouldn't just be able to keep guessing. <laughs> then you'll get you shouldn't it in- be able to play 20 questions. <laughs> Okay, I mean, let's look at it. Look on the bright side. You can, you will probably get it in a small number of guesses, and thus we'll both get a lot of garnets. Okay, you're great. gonna get, you're gonna get sixteen garnets right now. Seventeen if you win. Oh, okay. I like this game then. Okay, well, let's see how many you will get with me. Is it I have my then? contestant. No. Oh fuck what? the curve. No. I learned my lesson from In and Out. Come on. <laughs> I was going to say the in-and-out method. Uh, ew, don't use the in-and-out method. Is your contestant male? No. Huh. <laughs> gotcha. Huh. Huh, huh, huh. Is your contestant still on the show where we are at? Yes. Is your contestant Kyungran? No. Fuck. 
Has your contestant been in the DMs yet? Thinking? No. Ah, beans. Oh, is your contestant Yunji? Yes, it is. Hey, spaghetti! I nailed it! So, hey, you, uh, I win 17, because I guessed it quickly, and I won. You get 14 garnets. I'll allow it. That's, that's a pretty good quantity. It's too bad you can't claim them yet. Yet. That, that doesn't, that actually, if, this game. if we both claim them, then that does not even catch you up to me, though, which is really good. Well, you know, what if neither of us claim them, and then one of us Jinho's? Oh, what if? You know, these are the things we need to think about. These are the terrible possibilities that face our nation in this year of my dude, 2018, where darkness reigns supreme. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, so now you're going to be like, we're going to take a like six-month break between this and recording the next segment so that I forget how this works, and then you're going to Jinho me. That's the only way to do it. That's pretty much my plan. Cool. Love it. I actually didn't have anything ready this time. I usually do. Well, the one time that I've <laughs> been able to tell you homework before, I had something ready. Alan, I have your assignment. All right, Professor. I would like you to watch a film. Ooh. What movie? Uh, this film is a uh, a classic interpretation of a uh, of a you know well known video game series. Oh, right? No. I would like you to watch the 1994 action film Street Fighter the Movie. Ooh! Have you seen this film before? No! The perfect. Perfect. I've wanted to watch it for so long. I have it on Blu-ray. All right, just send that over to me. Fantastic. Here's my address. It's boop! I, I'm, I'm confident in your ability to find a way to watch it. That's exciting. And enjoy I- it. I am confident you'll find a way to enjoy it, too. The trick with video game movies is to accept that none of them are actually good in the way that, like, fancy big boy cinema is good. And just, like, the quote-unquote really good ones are the fun ones. And I've heard this is one of those. If you're willing to accept that the good ones are the ones that are not good in the slightest. Yeah, like Mortal Kombat. I've got great news. I've got great news for you in Street Fighter the movie. Oh, no. Like, as long as it's not boring, then I'm probably going to like it. Oh, it is not boring. Fantastic. Do you know Do you know who plays Guile? Isn't it Jean-Claude Van Damme? It is. Do you know who plays M. Bison? Isn't it uh, the actor who this was his last film? Uh-huh, Raul Julia. Raul Julia. He fucking kills it. The he goat. goes so hard in the paint. Fantastic. It's amazing. I love it. I'm so excited. Anyway, well, thank you so much. This was this was fun. Yeah, we had a good time. I want to reconvene in a couple of days and do the, the part two. You just you just broke the alert. Yes. Yeah, yes, folks. There's a couple of days that happen in between this and the other part. No, we're, we're gonna do it right after this. We'll be right back. The Garnet Wager is a game where two players compete in challenges while watching episodes of The Genius. Challenges occur once per podcast, and the winner receives a quantity of garnets depending on the challenge, and can assign media homework for that episode. The loser must report back on that media at the end of the episode. If they liked it, the winner receives an additional garnet. Garnets may also be wagered in various bets according to the whims of the players. Garnets are not obtained automatically. When you successfully win a garnet, you have five minutes to claim that garnet or it becomes available for your opponent to claim. The first person to say Jinho after five minutes have elapsed receives the garnet, so long as they inform their opponent of the acquisition at the end of the episode. This is the Garnet Wager. Begin. Yeah.
Welcome back again to the Garnet Wager. This is the second half where we actually talk about the show we watched. Alan. Six. This this is... Is this the best episode? Yes. So far, yes. About it out. This is a really good episode. This was a really good episode. Uh, so we're, of course, tackling episode six of season one of The Genius. Uh, boy. Boy, oh, we should just we should just get right into it. There's going to be so much to say, so much to talk about. Yeah, this is. I'm looking at eight pages of notes between the two of us. Mm-hmm. Yowie, yowie. Yeah. Here's the thing. Is the thing I say a lot on podcasts. The episode is called Catch the Burglar. That's referencing the game that they play. Um, it's a very good game, which is a very good foot to start on uh, mm-hmm. when you're when you're doing a genius episode. Because if the game is good and interesting, then you don't have to rely on like fun back-and-forth dialogue. Uh, Mm -hmm. But there's also fun back-and-forth dialogue, and also the DM is amazing. Like, there's no... There's no negative to this episode, except I'd say maybe, like, the middle drag is a teensy bit compared to the rest of it, but it's not a bad middle. Hmm. It's just a solid even I even thought the middle was really good, so, yeah. It's fun. The other thing is, I feel like we're at a point where, like, uh, with... So this, this... By this point, we have eight people in the game, right? Correct. Um... And so let's 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 go over who we have in the game. Who's who's the, who is our current squad? We have, uh, we'll we'll go alphabetically. We have Yunji, who is like, we're starting to see like, okay, no, this lady is making plays, and she likes bending blending into the background, but she's like quietly making moves. Correct. Smart player, tactical, and is 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 getting by without pissing anybody off, which is smart in this game, as we learn this episode. We have Gura. Strong, forceful personality, like, leader-ish, but also kind of a grouchy sourpuss. Grumpy dad. Yeah, yeah, compelling character. We have Kyungran. I think I liked her in this episode more than I've ever liked her, and I've always uh-huh. liked her. She's fucking incredible. <laughs> uh, she's just, like, so smart and so, like, like just, like, really, like, charming and really insightful and just, like, ah. Uh, Ah, uh, yeah, one one of our our contenders for for you know the, one of the three people we think might win, right? Yes, without a doubt. Uh, we have Jin Ho, my poor idiot son. That boy is scary. We'll talk about it more later in the episode, but it's like we've always had the threat of like, okay, his job, like his his professional career, is playing games of strategy and tactics and reflexes and reading opponents. You're right. He's a strategist. And, it fuck, and we, start to, we start to really see it. We start to see some of the shit like, oh, it's, oh fuck. <laughs> he's ridiculous. He, he scares me. Um, we have uh, Poong, who is like this like amiable, but actually like kind of like... A bit ruthless. Yeah, ruthless and like low level schemes, not like the kind of schemes where like he's going to set you up for a big fall, but it's like you're the the chips are going to settle and you're going to be like, "Oh, hang on. Poon walked away with a lot of money. How did that happen?" Right? Yes, he is uh he's definitely playing a long game, I think. Mhm. Yeah. We have uh Songmin, who's of course the protagonist of the show and Wait. leveling up every single episode. I don't know about that. I mean, like you you can't deny that like at least, the, at least from a production and like you know, like editing direction, he does get the most time, and he earns it. Oh my god! 
just snacks upon that scenery. Oh, he's so good. Um, we've got Sung Yu, the like, 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 sort of like. I feel like he's like a hybrid of like Yunji and Songmin, where like he tries to play quiet sometimes, and then sometimes he like surprise bears his fangs. Um, yeah, I mean he he's he was he's he's taken his role as like the running joke, the dumb the dumb character, and mm-hmm. twisted it and, and become such a smart person, and and even like. The person who gets eliminated at the end of this episode is like, man, I've watched Sung Yu like improve the most every single week, and it's really amazing to watch. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Yurim, who's just like a quiet killer, like <laughs> legitimately. Like she doesn't she doesn't tend to talk unless she's like got like something like definite to say. She doesn't sound like that assertive. She just sounds like sort of quietly confident. And then you end up in a death match with her, and you're done. Hmm. <laughs> It's, uh, the game is at a really, really scary point where there's just, there's, it's, yeah. It's not like I felt like any of the, the previous contestants were like, were like bad, but it's like. Nothing but bangers now. Right, right. It feels like any week anyone could go home and there are people who I think it's less likely, but like, if a DM was Songmin versus Kyungran, I mean, that's, that sounds possible. That sounds like a thing that could happen. Songmin versus who? Kyungran? Uh, Kyungran. That'd be legendary. Yeah. That would be incredible. Books about that. It would be something special. Hmm. So everybody starts filing in, as they usually do, and Gura gets here first this week, and immediately goes back to his little chair in the corner and sits down and crosses his arms. Uh, is Gura just permanently salty now? Is he in- incapable of, of shaking off the salt? Is it any specific thing that caused the salt? I mean, I think it's just sort of the the gradual like he's he's this like assertive personality who wants to be like the big bombastic figure defining the match. He may not win, he may not, you know, pull out the great victory, but he wants the game to sort of center around him and his decisions, and people are just sort of drifting away from him and caring about his strategies. And I think that makes him salty. Yeah, well, I think Basically, Gura in this episode is realizing that the game has kind of moved on beyond its need for a smart and wise older man to like tell people how to play the games because everyone's good now. Mm-hmm. There's no more like I don't know how the game works, uh, mm-hmm. and so you know he's kind of realizing that and just being like, well, if that in that case, I'm probably not going to win. I'm not going to come in second. I'm just going to go all out. And you, you, it, it makes for really interesting stuff in the back half of the episode. I'll say, yeah. It felt like last last main match, he was kind of like pouting and waiting for people to come to him and be like, oh, Gura, it's not like that. And then this this week, he realized that's not going to happen, right? Exactly, yeah. He he knows that he's no longer like the essential help character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, he's, he's, he's kind of salty, but he gets over it after everybody starts filing in. Um, everybody files in. Pung is getting some, some shit from everyone else for how mercenary he's been so far. His sort of like his back and forth with the garnets last week. Oh, right. 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 Uh, we have, uh, Songmin with a fantastic outfit. Just like this, like white, like button up with like dark blue embroidery. And it's, it's a good look. He's, he's always bringing his A game and I love to see it. I don't know what I'm going to do about your love for Songmin. I don't know how I'm going to handle that. Well, I mean, the wedding is in you July. Could, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, like, you could help plan. I'm not good at like wedding playlists or anything. And then uh, Gura gives gives Jinho some shit and calls out his his always losing to boxer. Um, Which that means I, mean. That's mean. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it's just Gura. Like, 
it feels like a really like tactical like political move right of trying to throw jinho off balance yeah it's, um, it's directly it's knives straight out yeah yeah it's yeah gura gura is like trying to like i feel like no matter how this game went if gura lost he would have taken jinho right it feels like yeah. there's a sort of a point where it's like no after after last week and after a couple of instances of Gura not being able to work with Jin Ho, he's just sort of like, nope, all right, I'm going to get that boy. Um, I, I feel like the, the other last notable thing is that uh, Sung Yu and uh, Song Min start kind of like arguing a little bit again. I don't remember exactly what over, actually. Sung Yu and Song Min? Yeah, during the, during the intro, everybody walking in. Uh, uh, mm, uh, I definitely have a note on this. Hold on. Where is it? I think it's cause, oh, it's cause, it's cause Sung Yu, uh, last, last episode, he conveyed, uh, Yunji's, uh, clue, but sort of conveyed it like it was his own, which led Song Min to making some, some missed, you know, misunderstanding some things and, and ultimately not winning the, the main match, right? Correct. So he's sort of like, well, why did you claim it was your own? Like, you screwed all this up. And, uh, I, I, I don't want them to fight. Those two, I want them together to the end. Yeah. There are people who I like seeing in like mild conflict, but not not those mm-hmm. nice boys. Yeah. And right before we start the main match, we get uh the announcement of the Garnet scores, which is the moment when Sung Yu realizes he's in last. You, ha- you hear him go like, "Oh wait, I'm in last." <laughs> <laughs> My boy. Uh. He's getting better, but there's still there's still that that layer of light obliviousness that's kind of beautiful. <sighs> well, we get into the game. All right, so the main match this week is Catch the Burglar. I don't know about you, but from the moment I saw the name, I was excited. <laughs> well, okay, the singular burglar is where this game works for me. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, I mean, you can break down the rules for people. Go ahead. Okay, so basically, uh, for, of the eight players, we're going to have five players will be residents of the big village, and three players will be residents of the small village. Uh, of these eight players, one of them will be the burglar. The burglar knows who they are. Every round, each village will banish one player to exile. So that will mean two players get banished every round, one from each village. If the burglar is exiled, the burglar will be unable to steal any gold. If they aren't, they will automatically rob the people in the village with them. This happens every round for ten rounds. Um, everyone starts with ten gold. The bandit starts with none. Uh, and basically they, um, after, after a vote to see who gets exiled, that's considered daytime. Uh, and then there's nighttime and during the nighttime robbing happens or doesn't happen depending on where the burglar is. Yep. Uh, and at the start of the next round, the exiles swap villages. So if you were in the small village and you get exiled, that means next turn you're going to be in the big village. Every two turns, gold counts will be revealed. However, they are revealed through, like assigned anonymous labels basically instead of saying like Sungmin and Jin Ho and blah 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 it just says like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H and so you can tell the numbers are consistent but you don't know who's who right it's it's basically it's enough info for them to know like you know early on they go okay the person with six after the second round has to be the burglar because that means that they stole four nobody else takes like goes down by four mm-hmm. right but they don't know who that is just with that info. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the game, the scoring works like this. Um, 
The player in the losing village with the least gold is the ultimate loser. The player in the winning village with the most gold wins. The way winning and losing villages are determined is where the thief is in the last round. Whoever, whatever village has the, the, the burglar, the thief, in the last round loses. If the burglar has the most gold, they also win in addition to whatever the winning village's most rich player is. And if they don't have the most gold, they are the joint loser with whoever has the least in the losing village. All winning villagers are going to get two garnets, and the robber will also get two garnets if they win. Those are the rules. Those are the rules, and as before, we can technically figure out who the burglar is pretty early, um, mm-hmm. but they don't explicitly say it until like halfway through the episode, um, because they get to spend most of the beginning playing this fun back and forth of like, it could be one of these people, mm-hmm. and you're sort of like left to assume along with the cast who it could be. Yeah. Which is always fun, I think. It is, and I... um. I don't know. I thought I had it. I thought I had it basically as soon as everyone learned their roles, um, and I was a little off. But um, who did yeah, you say it's, was it's, originally? Sorry, I thought it was Jinho originally because he was he was acting kind of suspiciously. He was being like normally he's really like chatty and friendly and telling everyone kind of what to do, not like a bossy way, but he's always talking tactics. Um, and he's way more quiet this game. He's he's like he sort of like speaks when there's like something absolutely to say. I don't think you see him like laugh for the entire main match, which is very uncharacteristic <laughs> for him. Um, so I was I was very suspicious of him. Do you know as a thing I've noticed? Um, I know a lot of people have this thing. He doesn't express very much in general. Like he doesn't. He like uses like minimal face muscles to express, which is kind of a like a common thing and just people, I guess. But huh. it, it leads to like him being very hard for me to read. And I, 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 sometimes I'm like, I can't, are you worried or mad? Like a lot of his neutral expressions look very similar. Mm. I get accused of the same thing. I find him pretty easy to read. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, so that's, that's the thing is I'm like super not that I have, as, as we learned last week, I have no poker face. So, um, I can't like hmm. minimize my facial expressions. It's probably a useful skill to have, especially in this kind of game. I mean, skill is whatever. I mean, I get, you know, some, for some people it's a skill. For some people it's just a characteristic. When I was true, uh, true. in high school and they were doing, like, yearbook photos, photographer was like, smile. And I was like, I am. And he said, oh. And then he took the picture. I was like, okay, <laughs> oh, yeah, cool. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. So, you know, it's, yeah. I uh, I also, I guess, am not the most expressive of faces. Or of vo- if I'm allowed to pat myself on the back for that poker game, I kept a pretty good monotone in that game. You did. Even even when you were allowed to speak privately to the listener, you kept a you kept a good um, measured tone. So the organization of our of our villages here, starting out, obviously this will shift as the game goes on. But as we start, the big village is Jinho, Pung, Gura, Yunji, and Sungyu. The small village is Yurum, Kyungran, and Songmin. Small village, best village. It, it's a it's a really strong village. Um, it's I feel like that's the that's the three strongest players in the game. To the point where I think somebody was like, "We need to get either Hyungrong or Sanmin over here, not because they probably are the burglar, but because I w- I don't want them to keep talking to each other. <laughs> I don't trust them <laughs> being in the same room for so long." Yeah, yeah. Every time that happens, it goes badly for whoever's against them. Exactly. So. It's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
one of the things that I thought was kind of amusing is the way they tell people what their role is, is they pass out cell phones. <laughs> Just an oh. unnecessary cool thing. It's like yeah. uh, it's like some uh, 999 shit. <laughs> and it's like, the, the phones never come up again. It was really just the way of telling them. It's like, I, you know, I thought maybe, like, it'd be, like, when, I don't know, when, like, shit, like, when, after every two rounds, you'd get, like, the information for gold counts on there or something. But it's like, no, the phones just never come up again. They're just gone. It's like, okay. There is no functional difference for the phones other, like, from then than what we had last week, where they just pick up a piece of paper and it says what you are. Mm-hmm. Um. I think it's just to, it's to mix it up a little bit visually, and you get the fun shots of like. <laughs> there's not a lot of people in this house, but I think it was uh, I think it was Yunji or or somebody who went to the corner to hear what her role was, and like put mm-hmm. her finger in her ear, like, "Oh man, like I'm at a party, everyone's yelling," and it's like, it's, <laughs> no, "There's no way it's that loud that you can't hear the person on the phone." I'm positive. Uh so yeah, lots of good like shit. good people listening on the phone shots, like, and then they like answer the voice on the phone, like "thank you," and I'm like, "I'm positive that's a recording, dog. What are you doing?" Yeah, yeah, because because mo- they get it multiple calls at once, and it's like mm-hmm. no one's calling you. <laughs> oh, actually, I did get a, a message from a listener. Um, so uh, Reese, the listener who uh had the idea for the uh, challenge we played this week. Also messaged me to let me know what the uh, the areas of the of the genius house are called. Oh hell yeah! So the place with the concrete that I've been calling the closet is the storage room. Uh, the place with like all the books and stuff that I've been calling the library is the study. The bedroom is the bedroom. Whoa. Uh, the place with the table and all the chairs is the living room, mm-hmm. and then like the main hall is the main hall. So it's actually all really straightforward. And where was this confirmed? Where was this corroborated? Uh, nowhere. This is what they told me, and they're a big genius fan, so I trust them. Oh, this is just like, okay, I mean, that's more just like common parlance, like what everyone refers to those places as. Yeah, There's I don't no, know like, if it's like the official names. It's just sort of like, if I'm going, if we're going to be talking and people from the community are going to listen, this is going to help them understand what we're talking about, I think. Okay, that's that's super helpful then, yeah. Thanks, Reese. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, uh, let's see, my, my notes here, um... I was sort of writing down the react everyone's reactions to their phone to their phone calls, right? Like Sungyu, I I really wanted Sungyu to be the the burglar because he just he just had this good like vacant expression as he heard and like Songmin got the call and he lets out this deep sigh and is like, okay, and it's like, buddy, <laughs> it's it's just you and the camera. Like <laughs> you can turn it off for a minute, bud. Yeah, I love that you don't, but also like don't burn yourself out. Um. As we and all then, know, it's you know, hard to play a character for that long. I look to mm-hmm. the camera and wink. <laughs> what are you accusing me of? Nothing. I'm not pretending to be smart. I am smart. Shut up. <laughs> uh, Jinho comes back and sort of like looks over at Yurum and is like, uh, what are you? And she's like, a burglar. And Kyungrun goes, oh, what a pickle. Our village has the burglar. She's like, yeah, Jinho, that question was a waste of breath. <laughs> it's that's like uh, the just, what are well that's like similar to the what are you uh um oh god what was it a woman or a person yeah but like that that question was like smart because it was like using the language against them yeah and this was just sort of like are you a good guy or a bad guy it's like well no one's gonna say a bad guy what a <laughs> dumb question <laughs> i'm a villain you got me i mean like if he was assuming that she would give something away with a tell that's kind of insulting that, like, it'd be that easy with people this late into the game. So, yeah, I don't know. 
Right. Uh, so, and then we, we get everyone, like, gathered around the table before they split off into their, their villages. And everyone's talking about who it is. And Gura says, it's not Pung. He talks too much. It's not Yunji. She's too sloppy. It's like, all right. And then Songmin says, I know who it is. I've got a gut feeling. Uh, and this is where I decided it must be Jinho. It has to be. Because it's just like, I don't know. So Songmin and Kyungran are going to work together and figure out who it is. That's just, that's what those two do. Um, and Jinho is just acting too suspiciously. He's too quiet. He's too careful. Hmm. E- everyone splits off in their two villages. Uh, and in the big village, we get the... It's only happened twice now, but it's still... I feel like it's an immediate classic shot of Pung pulling out the notebook and everyone being like, Why are you wasting our time Fuck. with this notebook again? <laughs> uh... Uh, the big villagers theory, as a group, is that Kyungran is the is the uh, robber. Uh, Yunji says the reason is Kyungran is scared of being evil, which is a yep. great line. I wrote that line down. Super good line. Yeah, it's like she even cried when uh, Minsu was eliminated, and Kura said, "Hey, I cried on the inside." And Yunji <laughs> just gives him just like, "Dude, <laughs> fuck, excuse me," kind of look like uh-huh. I'm not buying your bullshit. Um. Meanwhile, in the small village, uh, Yurum, Kyungren, and Songmin are like, hey, listen, if the burglar's here, like, speak up. We'll work together. We can win this. And the camera cuts away. Of course, we don't see if anyone spoke up. Hmm. Hmm. This is, I think we're approaching a moment that I really liked. Sorry, just before we forget it. Mm, of course. The announcer um, does the thing where they're like, here's who the burglar could probably be after a couple of rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, the The announcer... Says, finding out who the burglar is, very simple. And I was like, did you just, did you just? <laughs> <laughs> I think they did. I think that was a fun it's, little callback. It's like the series, the series is like slogan now. It's, it's all very, very simple. simple. <laughs> it's a good slogan. Sorry, I just love that moment. I was like, yeah, thought I was going crazy because you don't. Like the the announcer is not someone you think of as like a character on the show. You just think of it as a disembodied mm-hmm. voice, and then you're like, "Wait a minute!" The announcer watches the show. <gasps> <They're> done. Right. <laughs> the announcer is a fanboy. <laughs> Clearly, but we're, I can't wait for the announcer slash the the person in the in the booth um to take all of the bandages off, and it's like, uh, I'm trying to think who would be interesting for it to be. The politician guy who got eliminated first week. Uh, Jin Seok? Jin Seok. Yep, it's going to just be him. But who was it in week one? <gasps> what if... Also Jin Seok. <laughs> also Jin Seok, yeah. Did you ever see in... them in the room at the same time? No, you didn't. Let's ro- we'll roll the footage back. But anyways. Um, so everyone, like, they all sit down to discuss who they're going to send. Uh, the small village's tactic is to send basically a, a one of them as a as a fake burglar. And I kind of liked their their reasoning, sort of like who they would pick. They're like, okay, we can't pick Songmin. Nobody trusts Songmin. <laughs> and and, and Kyungran's like, oh, uh, so Songmin's like, Kyungran, you gotta go. And Kyungran's like, I've got no poker face. I can't go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm I just like you. Alan. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> true. It's very true. Um, and then they they turn to Yurim, and it's like, well, let's send Yurim. And they're like, no, we can't. And they don't give a reason for that one. Which is I weird. can't. Yeah. So they decide to send Songmin, and there's this like weirdly kind of like a heartfelt goodbye of like, oh, yeah. I hope I see you again soon between Songmin and Kyungran. Uh, 
it felt like a little much. I don't know. It was great, but so. Sorry, I'm trying um, to find that line. I wrote that line exact line down. Oh, I don't oh, have please. It here. Uh, no, you don't. Uh, I don't think so. Oh, Kyungren and Songman are sorry that if he leaves to trick the other team, she's never going to see him again. Yeah, I didn't write the exact same line, but it's like, <laughs> are they going to die? Yeah, it's like I think it's, they're just. I think they're just playing like in the meta text of the game, like as you know, if you sure. are moving to another village. And I, I feel I feel like like Songmin is the most likely to do that, and Kyungran I think is 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 one of those people who really can like adjust how she's approaching things depending on who's in the room. And when Song wins around, she's way more willing to like sort of like almost role play, right? Yeah. Well, um, once she goes to the other room, and then she's hanging out with uh, uh, everybody else. I'm trying to remember who who's the actual um, burglar. Uh, Sung Yu so, ends up being when she's chatting with Sung Yu, and it's just like the way that she talks to him, knowing that he's the burglar, is so different and unique from the way she talks to like Songmin or anyone else. Mm-hmm. This like weird fake respect that's like so interesting to watch. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, so they end up, you know, so the, the people sent to exile in the first round are Songmin and Pung. Uh, Pung is like, man, this is great. I want to hang out in the small village. This place is real cool. Uh, and uh, meanwhile, over in the big village, uh, they don't trust Songmin at all. They're like, listen, you're not the, you're not the burglar. We just, you're just untrustworthy. You're, you're working with Hyungran. You've got to get out of here. <laughs> um, and so they're getting ready to, to exile people again. Songmin accepts his fate as an exile. Pung tries to make this. He's like, they're about to exile him. He's like, what if we did rock, paper, scissors? And they're like, fucking no, get out. Is that the <laughs> part? Just... Is that the part where girls like, no, fuck you guys. I don't want to do rock, paper, scissors. This game sucks. That's, that's, that's way later. Oh, okay, uh, sorry. This is, this is, no, you're good. This is a thread to hold on to because Pung is, seems obsessed with the idea of rock, paper, scissors. Uh, but he's like, let's, let's rock, paper, scissors for it against Urim and, uh, Kyungran, and they're like, "No, we're outvoting you. Leave." And he stands up. He's like, "This is this is garbage. You should have rock paper scissors for me." And Kyungran is like waving and like laughing Bye. at him as he goes. Ah, oh, she's incredible. What a what an amazing thing. Kyungran the goat. I already said it. So Pung and uh, Songmin go back where they came from for round two, and that leads us to the first gold count, uh, which I will read verbatim. A has eight. B has 10, C has 10, D has 8, E has 8, F has 10, G has 6, H has 10. So we so know that what, G is the burglar. We know that G is the burglar, and we know that G has to be from the big village. We know that B, C, F, and H are in some order Songmin, Pung, Kyungran, and Yuram. Two exiles and the remainder of the small village. And A, D, E must be Gura, Yunji, and either Sung Yu or Jin Ho. Correct. Depending on who the thief is. Which means one of those four has to be the, the burglar, yeah. Exactly. Um, it takes the big village a little bit to figure this out because they're really bad at math and logic. Um, and Sung Yu basically helps them figure out and he's like, listen, you guys are misunderstanding this. We must have the robber. That's the only way this makes any sense. Which... Kind of a really interesting way to play that for Sung Yu. That he's like well, kind of, so, hmm. he's not calling himself out. If anything, it, it's a smart play to just say, I think we have the guy. And obviously it's not me, but we have him. Because mm-hmm. you can so dissent in that way, but it's, it's weird. 
I mean, like, so much of this game is the polit- like the social politics and engineering of, uh, I don't know if you've ever played, like, Mafia or Werewolf or Resistance. I played um, uh, Mafia for the first time a couple months ago. It's, I, get, I, I mm. get what you're saying, though. Yeah, I've played a decent amount of, of Mafia and Resistance. I don't think you've ever played Werewolf, though. But, like, it's the exact same social dynamics, and I feel like... Um, and I feel like it's it's played really well here, but it's like there are certain types of logic that I tend to use in these games. Sort of like there's certain mindsets I feel like it's really tempting for the in in this case I would say the the robber to fall into. Right. You can either be the robber who's like kind of trying to take a back seat because if you're acting too like too involved and too invested in the fate of things, that's suspicious, right? Mm-hmm. Or there's the one who's just sort of like like being assertive and being really helpful and sincere. And it's like, oh, they can't be the robber. They're helping us so much. Um, and Sungyu seems to be going for more of the latter approach. At least too, in too this moment. Too helpful to be evil. Yeah. Yeah, sort of like, I mean, Sungyu just told us that we must have the robber here. So why would it be Sungyu? Sungyu would have not wanted us to know that. Yeah, that's what I'm referring to. It's this like double logic that's, that ends up working pretty re- decently well for him for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, over in the small village, they are pleased that the other village has the robber, and they suspect that it is Gura. Uh, and Songmin's logic is like, oh, I'm sure it's Gura. He wouldn't let me talk when I was over there. It's like, no, that's just Gura. <laughs> that's just, just how Gura is. <laughs> yeah, like, doesn't mean he's a thief. It just means he's a shithead. Like, you you were talking about, like, oh, Jinho is being very quiet this episode. And I was like, no, it's because every time Jinho and Gura are on the same side, Gura talks over him. <laughs> like, yeah. that's why. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't consider that element of it. Um, and then we have, uh, so round three, uh, Yuro and Sungyu are the two exiles. And Sungyu starts to immediately head towards, uh, you know, the, the other village. And Yuro's like, no, no, you can't. We have to spend the night out here. And Sungyu's like, ah, we're spending the night together. And Yuro just looks like both like flustered and annoyed. <laughs> Oh yeah, I have a note about this one. This one's just a cute, weirdly cute flirting that doesn't go well. Yeah, yeah, I was sort of like, that's a cute line, but also like, fucking Sungyu, come on. <laughs> flirting with the dealers, flirting with Urim. Oh. So, now Sungyu is in the small village with Songmin and Kyungran. And this is the moment where Songmin's like, listen, I feel like every round, I'm, every like, every main match where I'm losing confidence in you. And Sungyu's like, listen, listen, I'm going to be straight with you. I have a way for us to win. I'm the burglar. <laughs> Hold on to me. Drop me on the other team the last turn, and we win. Which the announcer says, when the announcer says it's very simple, that's what they say is a strategy. Is like, step one, find the burglar. Step two, keep the burglar with you. And then step three, switch, make them switch teams last, last round. Mm-hmm. That's how you win. Yeah, and and Songmin and Kyungran basically immediately start like kind of like laughing, like oh like oh Sungyu, you're such a bad actor. You're not the burglar. I know you want to stay here. It's really nice you want to stay with us, but I'm sorry, we're gonna have to send you back, right? Brilliant, brilliant play. So once again, the same people, Yurim and Sungyu, are switched again. They're swapped back, and the scores come up, and they are unchanged from the last time. <laughs> and like, there's that moment of like, oh shit. It was Sungyu. He was telling the truth, and Kyungran is astonished, and Songmin like drops to his knees in despair. <laughs> like yeah, no. Yeah, that's that's my emo text of the week. I really don't like calling it emo text. Is there a better name for that? The like 
font that comes up? Uh, no. Okay, we're going to keep using emotex then. The emotex of the week is, is Songmin grasping two chairs falling down, and the text just says, despair. <laughs> and it's like, wow, big, huge, gigantic mood. <laughs> Someone's been playing Danganronpa. There um, it is. There it is. So the the big village, I this is another moment that really threw me off for a while. I thought that Jinho was working with Sung Yu. Because Jinho then is like is like they're like, oh okay, so it must be Sung Yu. Sung Yu must be the robber. And Jinho's like, weren't you guys paying attention during the rules? Like <sighs> the robber robs when he arrives. And they're like, oh and it's like, is he like and and, and Did they and, actually <laughs> misunderstand that? For like a split second, and then they get corrected. They get corrected off camera because when we cut back to them, they clearly they have they figured it, it out. Yeah. But like, there's there's the moment of Jinho saying that, and then Sung Yu being like, "Can you believe these guys, Jinho? They didn't even know the rules." And it's like, "Oh my god, what a play!" <laughs> uh, it unfortunately doesn't last. But for about like thirty seconds, it was genius. And I'm sure they just turned to a host and asked what the rule rules were. But, no, for for an hour, it was the genius. Uh, I have two yeah. notes about Gura. Um, one is, uh, I think one of the things that makes this episode, that was a really good joke that I feel like you didn't appreciate enough. We're going to have to roll the tape back. Um, the whole show is called The Genius. So, um, uh huh. All right. That's, I feel like that, uh huh, is all I'm going to get. Uh, okay. <laughs> Gura actually participates in this game and isn't just like mean and grumble he is mean and grumpy, but then like in this, like basically from where we're discussing to the end of the episode, I'm like just, on the edge of my seat the whole time. And he's, mm. like, apologizing when he's mean to people. Like, he tells Jinho, he's like, I've been talking over you a lot. I'm sorry. I feel like I haven't been giving you a chance. And I'm going to try to work on that. Well, but, like, he says that when, like, it's 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 obvious that he's going to lose. By that point, he's like, man, I kind of I kind of have been a bit of a dick about this. When he's in the moment, he isn't. Like, there's, there's a moment where he's, um, like, I think we're going to, since we figured out who the, the robber is and so has the, the crew, the last... The rest of the, like, up until the end of the main match, we're mostly gonna go a little faster than we've been going. Um, but like, there's a moment where like, Yunji is like, I might have an idea, and Gur is like, you don't have any ideas. It's like, yeah. fucking, fuck you. Yeah. He's like a huge asshole there. He is. Um, I mean, that's just, that, that's his character. It's a terrible, it's a piece of shit character. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt like I was really interested in seeing what it looks like when his armor finally cracked. Mm. And and like this this like tough machismo shitty guy thing, and then him realizing, oh wait, I might lose, and he just goes into berserk mode. Like, yeah, he, he's playing really intensely, but as soon as he like the instant he realizes he's going to the DM, he's like, ah, uh, I need to take someone down with me. I can't lose this. Like I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Either I go down in a blaze of glory, or I take everybody with me, and it's like really interesting to watch. Yeah. The other thing that's interesting to watch is so in round six. Um, Songmin and Gura are the ones that are sent, which means that Songmin is once again in the same room as Sung Yu. And he just like, he literally walks in and like drops to his knees. He's like, Sung Yu, I've made mistakes in my life and I know how painful it is for someone to doubt you when you're just doing your best. <laughs> like, and like, Pung is over there in the corner. He's like, isn't that uncomfortable being on your knees like this? And Songmin just like, without changing his tone of speech, is like, yes, it really is. Sung Yu. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then someone says, oh, he's, used, he, he's been on his knees recently. And then there's a note that's like, Songwin has had legal trouble recently. <laughs> it has been in court. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I love you. I always love like when they tease him about his music videos or whatever or his real life. And I'm like, why are we de- – Songwin's so easy to tease. Uh, Golly. It's, it's fantastic. Um, so at this point, Sung Yu has enough gold. He has won this game. Um and now he basically just gets to play Kingmaker by being like, okay, like, I'm set. Now I'm just, like, one more vote. How are you going to sway me? And Songmin, like, leads him off to the, uh, I guess, we now know that it is the storage room, not the closet. Um, leads him off to the storage room and is, and, like, again, drops down to his knees and goes, like, I've never been down on my knees before in my life. Which and is now I've been twice out, like, in one day. <laughs> Yeah, and that's, it's like, he's like, listen, it's, it's so tragic that I didn't trust your sincerity, and I just, I really, I have screwed this so bad, and he, listen, and he pulls out two garnets, and he gives them, he gives them to Sunky, he's like, this is like, I, I owe you so much, chairman, chairman. <laughs> and, and from then on, for the rest of this main match, everyone starts calling Sung Yu chairman. Chairman! <laughs> <laughs> and like once again, like song another. There's another point where Songmin is gonna try and take Sung Yu off to talk in the uh, in the storage room, and like <laughs> Kyung Ran, like like he's like Songmin's like everybody stand up. You stand up with the chairman stands, <laughs> and Kyung Ran's like I'll open the door for you and rushes over to the door. <laughs> they're fully committed to the roles. And then like uh, as as they're leaving, like like they slip out and close the door, and Pung like reaches up and grabs like the bars of the window and is shouting, like, "Chairman, please listen to me." <laughs> It's, it is legitimately, I think, my favorite thing in this entire show so far. It's so fucking funny. Oh my it's, god. It's fantastic. So Songbin gives Sungyu another garnet. So he's given him three so far. And at this point, Sungyu's like, okay, I'm, I'm ride or die with Songbin. We're gonna do it. Hell yeah. And it's, it's time, they, they go back, and it's like, okay, well, we've gotta decide who's gonna, who's gonna go to the other, to the other side, like, we should probably send Poong. He's got a lot of garnets. And, like, you can just see, like, Poong, like, immediately panic and be like, Hey, listen, if this is about garnets, I mean, I can, I can pay you. I mean, let's just let's not be rash here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And he says, I'll give you, I'll give you each one. I'll give you each one. And Songman's like, Chairman, I feel his offer is a little small. <laughs> and they throw him out the door. <laughs> it's so, it's so brutal. Oh, it's incredible. Um, and then, yeah, when, when it's, when it's realized that, like, okay, it's, it's the last round, someone is going to be sent, and, like, like, it's, who's in that room? It's Jinho, Gura, and Pung, and they're like, okay, one of us gets to go. And Pung is like, okay, let's rock, paper, scissors for it. <laughs> Gura. rock, paper, scissors! Gura is like, I'd rather die than play rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> us from the last two episodes we're like, it sucks. <laughs> but he's in it and it's so he's so mad i feel like he's mad it like it felt like the kind of mad where he's like rock paper scissors is childish i won't be involved in such buffoonery <laughs> <laughs> i cannot sanction your buffoonery <laughs> um and just like he he does he opts out jin ho and pung start rock paper scissoring and then pung wins and like does a like a like dances in a circle and then runs out of the room laughing <laughs> because pung is a 10-year-old yeah he's 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 great um so in the end 
Uh, obviously, Sungyu wins because he's the robber and he robbed enough. Um, but the village that wins is the big village of Yurim, Songmin, Kyungran, Pung, and Yunji. Within that, the specific winners are Yunji and Yurim because they both had the most gold. And then Jinho is the loser with six gold. He's the 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 loser loser, right? Right. He's the he's the truest loser. And then and, there's three invincibility tokens given out to those three people, mm-hmm. uh, and then he gets to take one person with him. Right. And he says, "I I want to say I'm sorry in advance for my pick. I'm picking Gura for the DM." This part frustrated me because they kept cutting. They like cut to commercials after a long drawn out part, and then repeated the whole long drawn out part. And I was like, "Just yeah, yeah." I, I, it's, it's unpleasant when shows do that. I was like considering just jumping like thirty seconds ahead because I was annoyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, the man finally goes to the DM, the person who I've been wanting to just see in a DM, regardless of whether or not he wins or loses, for so long, is finally there. But we're going to have to talk about that death match after our homework. Alan, at the start of this podcast, not this episode, this whole podcast, we talked about garnets, right? And I was like, you know, garnets may not be worth actual money, but they are, like, they're worth a lot in pride, right? Correct. And I've actually had a change of heart. Oh. I think I think we should have garnets be worth money. Oh. And so when this season of Garnet Wager ends, you will be able to cash in every Garnet for five British pounds, because that is the exchange rate the Bank of England will set when I kidnap their queen. Let's talk about Street Fighter the movie. Oh my god! You are the lord of doing that like seven backflips into a single basic point. I love it so much. I love it pieces six. Uh, oh god this movie this movie is incredible i haven't watched so i haven't watched movies in a while i i I love movies but i just have been like not i haven't had like the attention span to watch a full film lately um Mm -hmm. and i like got kind of drunk a couple nights ago and was like i'm just gonna watch a flick and i remembered that i had homework and i put on street fighter movie and uh it all my crops were watered my skin cleared uh etc etc um this is the best movie. <laughs> it's it's a hell of a movie. It's way better than it should be. It really is. I it ne- and it never stops doing like it's not long uh to its benefit, but it just never stops being that. Um like you just know where it's going from the first second you're just like, these guys are going to become, this person's going to get damseled, this person's another a hero, this person's going to get a cool jump kick, this person's going to be the villain for the rest of the movie. Like, it's just, it's like, like watching a comic book. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an, so it's an, it's a, it's a loose adaptation of Street Fighter 2. Um, loose as in the way I described it to you was it seems like they just made a movie and then decided to also make it a Street Fighter movie. Yeah, I sort of there's that sequence in like the last half hour where suddenly everyone is wearing their outfits from the game for often absolutely no reason. <laughs> like they like like they like they changed outfits in the back room. Just, why Balrog just finds boxing gloves in this like facility? <laughs> so, it's bizarre. That was the my the, like strangest funniest thing was I because I messaged you being like I bet you everyone's gonna slowly end up in their outfits and you were like you're correct and it was except for it's up for the slowly part. <laughs> 
right, except for slowly. It just kind of happens. Um, yeah. Because it starts out like the whole beginning of the movie, you get the, the, the sort of nerdy satisfaction of uh you see a really cool evil guy with a funny hat and then they're like and he is the evil m bison and you're like whoa that's m bison and you see an asian man next to an american man and they talk about fighting things and you're like is that ken and ryu and then he's like ryu and you're like oh close enough (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just like there's this weird mix of like so I feel like the two things that a lot of video game movies tend to do, they go in one of two directions. Either they're way too loyal, or they're not at all loyal. And then it's like, why did you even make this this license? And this, like, splits the difference in a way that's really baffling. Um, It's like, the plot and, like, the way characters are used. Like, Ken and Ryu are con men. Like, Chun-Li is a reporter at, like... You know, Balrog is her cameraman, but then also, you know, they all put on the outfits and Guile starts doing flash kicks. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. They just made, like, I think it's partly because fighting games lend themselves to, like, loose story interpretations really well. Especially mm. Street Fighter 2, because when it originally came out, the only story you got was, uh, like, their intro character pages, and then if they had endings in the arcade mode, that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was all of the story. So it, it's basically just a rich ground for them to be like, I don't fucking... Like, we wanted to tell this type of, like, kind of smaller scale action movie, big budget nonsense. Uh, and we're just going to put the Street Fighter characters in that. E-Honda is my, is my other cameraman. I just... I have to, like... I, the, I know the conversation's going to get here, but I'm impatient. Raul Julia as M. Bison... The God! ...is, is such an unbelievable performance um this is a fact i don't know some people will have known this some people won't have but um raul julia at the time of this movie had terminal cancer and he knew that right he knew he was going to die mm-hmm. um and he had like three like movie pitches basically on his on his metaphorical desk and he turned to his grandchildren he was like listen my grandchildren are going to be the ones that are left these are the movies that i've had offers for what would you like to see me in? It's going to be my last movie. And they're like, we really, we would, we love Street Fighter. You should be in a Street Fighter movie. He's like, okay. And he just, he just, he leaves, he leaves it all out on the field. He goes so hard and it's incredible. That, so that fact was like the, there were a handful of things I always heard about this movie. One was that Raul Julia carries the whole movie, which is very true. Uh, two is that, um, it's ridiculous. And, I, I could never get the pulse of the general audience reaction of what people actually thought of the whole film, uh, mm. other than people being like, it's dumb and wacky, and it's kind of like late 80s and early 90s. Um, but getting to actually see it, I realized that kind of everyone gives 100%, uh, mostly. Yeah. Um, it's it's a very, like, it's a movie with no shame in just getting characters to say ridiculous shit, even if they're like a one-second background character. Um like even bystanders are just absurd, and then I don't know, and it and it just it, it it knows what it wants to do be, and it knows where it needs to get the movie, and it gets there very fast and very effectively. Mm-hmm. It's like I want, I don't want this. They don't make it a fighting tournament; they just make it a like assault on Bison's compound, and everybody goes from like I'm a smart like I'm a smart reporter who wants to break the news and you're like that's a cool way to take chun Li," and then she's like no now i want revenge on bison i'm going to bring back his head and you're like okay we're yeah. here we we have arrived 
at Street Fighter Station. It's time for fighting. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fighting is like, for a while, it's just like, okay, so these are the characters, and like, you know, like Vega uses a claw and a mask, but otherwise it's like, well, other than sometimes their visuals, they mostly don't represent their characters at all. And like, late in the movie, it's just sort of like, like, you get Cammy kicking people while shouting thrust kick. You get like, <laughs> completely gratuitous uppercuts from Ken that's like, oh, I see, it's a sure you can. You see Ryu do a like this weird like palm thrust punch yeah. and it, like as the person flies back it's like oh he's doing the hadoken motion like they, okay. they, they, cl- <laughs> they did they got all of the physical motions of the moves but none of the effects. There's like no, spe- there's not that many special effects in this movie. There's like explosions no. and stuff but like nobody shoots a beam at any point um, well, or an orb of fire. Well, it's lightning. Well, yeah, lightning is the only one. But then they explain that one. They are the, like they when do. they finally do have effects, they explain it as like a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was just like watching. It, it felt like just a bunch of people cosplaying the characters mm-hmm. and just doing. It's like do the thing. Like it just the dumb, rewarding satisfaction of watching the characters do their one thing uh, is what strings along the back half of this movie, and it's it's really satisfying. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's such a fun movie. I really recommend like. This movie isn't going to blow your mind. It's not smart. Um, no, it's, it's kind of racist. It, yeah, it's got some, it's definitely got some problems and be aware of them. But it's also just, it's also just a really fun time. Right. It's not like the thing with the racism, it's it mostly just like leans into bad stereotypes, which Street mm. Fighter does. Um, yeah. So it's just, it's partly the fact that they're pulling from bad source material. Um, like DJ. Being like, I gotta go back to Jamaica, man, and like his accent is like a little bit too thick sometimes, is really mm. bad. But then sometimes he's just like this really realistic character who's like, "Fuck you guys, I'm here to get paid and leave," and like mm. that's good. I don't know. It it, it really waffles for me because then you like again Chun Li at the beginning, cool badass reporter, love it. Chun Li in like the Chun Li outfit, but it's red, and somebody like makes fun of her hair, and then she's like, "I have the balls," and my they're like the weird balls, and it's just like. Okay, yeah, we're it's Chun Li, like it's it's a Chinese hairstyle, and then what? Like they don't they like, it is cool that the cast actually is racially diverse, relatively, um, mm-hmm. but they don't like comment on it other than the fact that like yes, we are our stereotypes, anyways, because they don't really have time. It's not that kind of movie, um, yeah. So it just feels like they're just throwing stereotypes at the wall, and then it it leads to it looking like a very diverse, interesting, uh, diverse culturally film, but um. It's ultimately just a bunch of costumes for people to punch uh, some dudes in, and it's even weirder. Like I, I feel like so they they've got like the like the stereotypes for like everyone, right? And then you've got the main character, the like American soldier Colonel William Guile, who's Jean Claude Van Damme and doesn't seem American in the slightest. They don't even try to give him an accent or an American accent. Nope. Mm-hmm. He's just it, he's he's in his own JCVD movie. Yeah, he's not it's, playing Kyle. He's just he happens to also be. I mean, he seems like you know, like you know, he doesn't try with the accent, and maybe he just he just doesn't have the skill. I mean, like I've never heard him sound like anything but himself, so maybe that's just not a talent he has. But he certainly like get seems like he's getting into the role at least. I mean, it lets him hit things. I guess that's a big <laughs> that's what he looks for in roles. <laughs> I don't know. He gets to be a tough guy, and like the dude walks in. There's, like, some conference that him and Cammy are holding, and this guy, like, walks in in the background of a scene, shows his ID to the guard, and they're like, all right, you're allowed to get in. And then the guy, like, jumps at him with a knife, and then he, like, flash kicks this guy with a knife. 
in the middle of a meeting and then he's like anyways back to business like anybody else have any objections You're like, oh god this is so much like that where it's like no one does this this is so funny there's a, like when he's fighting bison at the end there's a there's there's one specific shot where like he does like this forward punch in a bison and the camera zooms in on his bicep and then he like flexes and makes the flag wave on his his ta- flag tattoo yeah. on his bicep Fuck yeah. it's just so much it's so much the movie is always so much the only character who i was disappointed that we didn't get to see more of and this is fair like the movie is super busy uh was dalsim mm-hmm. um but even him, they get this really, like, completely ridiculous turn where he is, like, the smart scientist who puts the humanity into Blanca and um, feels bad about working for Bison. And then when they're running away from the building, just cut to now he's shirtless and also bald because he has to look like Dalsim. But he doesn't <laughs> do so anything. Weird. He doesn't fight it's or, so like, weird. have stretchy arms. No. And he has the belt, too? And it's like, where the fuck? What? He, that was the weirdest one for me, where I was like, you have no reason to have changed like that. Yeah, it's very bizarre. Because, like, I don't know, everyone else is, like, doing things that involve fighting. He's just there to, to like, feel bad and then run away. Mm-hmm. Which is a weird way to put... To, the weird thing to do with Dalsim's character. Um, And then, like, the weirdly effective Blanca arc, I guess. Yeah. Where it's like Guile's old friend, and he gets taken, and then they experiment on him, and it's like, uh, one of, they they put like evil thoughts into him to make him a perfect soldier, but Dalsim puts good thoughts, which include a young kid on a swing set, <laughs> like like perfect representations of chaotic good white kid on swing set dot mp four, like there's a there's a shot where um. Bison comes into the lab and he's like, why is Blanca being good? Why is he fighting my men? And he just sees that MP4 and he's like, no, not pure good, punches the screen and is like so pissed at this kid on the swing set. I died. <laughs> I honestly died. Uh, it's 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 very terrific. And then there's the the weird choice at the end of this movie. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's. Hmm. So the credits roll and then there's an after credit scene. Oh, wait, I didn't, there is. Yeah. So oh, it's the it's the pile of rubble of Bison's base, and then Bison's gloved hand punches up through it. Oh, and it's weird because like okay, so that's a pretty straightforward sequel tease, right? Of like mm-hmm. Bison's not really gone, but like one, I don't think they probably thought they were going to get a chance to make another one of these, especially and two, with they, Raul Julia. Right, that's the other thing. And then two, they definitely didn't know that Raul. Ju- they definitely knew that Raul Julia wasn't going to be alive for a second one of these. So it feels like it's kind of like it's like it's not a sequel tease so much as like a joke about sequel teases or or just sort of like and the world continues yeah with a bit of a wink like this is I don't know I think I think it's partly a joke on sequel teases I think this movie is more self-aware than a lot of people give it credit for Mm. because it's like too absurd and it's not an 80s film like we need to emphasize this movie came out uh, in 1994 Mm -hmm. Um, so even though it feels uh like it is in those tropes that could honestly just be a reference to like Terminator Two, the thumbs up out of the lava shot or something. Sure, sure, that's true. Um, it doesn't have, but but it is weird. Like this movie doesn't super lend itself uh, to a franchise. No, that's like I mean, it. You know, if Raul Julia had 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 lived, it would have been fascinating to see what they would try with a number two, but. Closest you know. thing we got to a sequel was Street Fighter, the movie of the game, 
which is, an, is a blight upon our lands, and then... Well, and also there's the Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li or something, which is actually just a normally bad movie. Yeah, that's but that's like a boring bad movie. Yeah. Like, if you're going to watch another fun bad movie, go watch, like, Dragon Ball Evolution, uh, which is one of the greatest films. I actually haven't seen it. I really need to. We should, we should probably do that one soon. But this just put me in that mood where I was like, man, I just want to watch dumb bullshit again. I love mm-hmm. dumb stuff. Dumb stuff is good. There's nothing particularly smart about this movie it's well enough shot they clearly put the money in the right places um it's got a lot of cheesy one-liners it's like what you're looking for i don't know how they could have done this type of movie much better yeah all right well i think i think it's time to move on uh do i do i get do i get my garnet yeah hey i got my garnet ding 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 ding. that's the sound of me dropping the the garnet into the sink hmm all right, perfect. Uh, oh, by the way. Hello? I gin hoed you. Hmm, how many did I just lose? I think you lost, like, 14. Okay. We'll talk about it. We will, we will. Close the gap. <sighs> it's time for the DM. It is time for the DM. Alan, what DM did we play this week? No, we, I guess we didn't yeah, really play. Well, they did. The, the, on the Genius, they played Indian Poker, which I can explain the rules of this time if you'll, if you'll allow it. Oh, please do. So you know poker, where, like, highest... Well, this is the thing. Poker, the idea is um, you are given cards, and then... Uh, you you have to make a hand of five that has a higher value of points um, dictated by the game than your opponent to win uh, a round. And then you either raise or hold or uh, fold. Um, the difference is that with Indian poker, um, you only get one card. Uh, and it's only highest wins. They're only numerical cards. There's no um, face cards. And uh, the other part of it that's kind of fancy... Um, I think there's another name for Indian poker... I can remember it correctly. Uh, oh yeah, Blind Man's Bluff. Hmm. Which is what this is. And the Blind Man's Bluff part of it is you don't see your own card, your opponent sees your card. You put it on top of your head and face it towards the opponent, um, and they have to convince you to either to, to basically play the wrong play. Um, mm-hmm. And so yeah, it's Gura versus Jinho in a game of Indian poker. I thought this game kicked ass. I thought this was the most exciting DM of all time. Yeah, so I feel like there are there are a few rules that I wanted to go over that are maybe, I don't know, maybe they're different from Blind Man's Bluff, maybe they're not. Um, I feel like they probably are. So, like, one of them is if you tie, uh, oh, yeah, the yeah. pot carries over to the next round. Um, right. You, um, your number of chips depends on how many garnets uh, you turn in. And also the deck is two sets of ten cards, one through ten. And they are only shuffled. I I didn't get us like I don't. I feel like I didn't. I missed or they didn't tell us. But like the, they aren't shuffled every round. Like the cards are discarded for a couple of hands and then they shuffle. Yeah, I I thought the uh, implication was they were never shuffled. I might be wrong. I, I think they're definitely like we see a shot of them shuffling. That that's definitely a thing that occurs. It's just sort of like I think like they play, I don't know, five or six hands, and the cards are like discarded that are played, and then they shuffle them back in eventually because mm-hmm. otherwise they would have run out of cards literally no no actually you're right they have different packs of cards you're well, right c- well because that's how the game ends up working is that Jinho realizes mm-hmm. that you you can just count cards 
Mm-hmm. They can't add new cards. They can only shuffle. They do shuffle. They just shuffle the cards that they already started with, and they never repeat that way. So it's two of every card. Right. Right. Because you get that cool shot at the end where it's like ding, 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 ding. Here's like all the cards being eliminated. And now you can realize without the game telling you that there are only high and high, very high and very low card values left. Mm-hmm. So if my opponent has a low value card, then it's very likely that I have a high value card. And that's how it, the big moment happens. Um, I just, I just loved this whole game top to bottom. Uh, I, we discovered recently that I actually think poker is super fun. Um, Gura is playing this like a man with a death wish. Which is just incredible. Like he immediately goes all the way in. Um, like I think the first round, if you if, remind me if I'm wrong, but Jinho puts down like one, and then girl's like, all right, just put two, three, four, five. Just keep putting them. Just go. Just keep put all of them. Yeah, and just Jinho. Jinho is like folding a lot because just the pressure is so like girl's putting out so much pressure, um, just psychologically. Speaking of, um, excuse me. Speaking of chips. They they break the rules here, or they just make a new rule. What do you mean? They they just get more chips from their friends. They um that's I mean that wasn't breaking the rules. It's not in the rules. But, well, that's what I mean. Is they make it? They sort of make a new rule. Sure. Which is but if also you want more chips, you can it. just borrow them. Sure, but then they walk it back because Gura is like, "Listen, I'm not going to borrow any. Why would you borrow any? You've already got an advantage. Come on, let's go!" And like pressures him into not doing it. Oh, is that what happens? Uh huh. Oh, word. Yeah. Yeah, he just he just sort of like he just like starts like basically like bullying him and 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 Jinho's just like okay okay I'll play with six garnets fine I'll play with six, which um, makes you happy obviously. Well, you know, I I actually wanted I wanted Jinho to take every advantage. I wanted Jinho to be like, it's nice that you think it'd be fun if the game was fair, but I don't give a shit. No, it's your name. <laughs> I know, but okay, I'm, okay. I was brushing past it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Here we are. <laughs> Uh, what what did you think about the the poker game in general? It was like it was incredible. Like, gir- if so, we get the as we say we get the late game reveal that Jinho starts counting cards, right? Yep. And that's how he pulls out the big win, and it's it's incredible and it's terrifying. But it's also terrifying that Gura is dominating for so long when it's just mind games. He's winning so much on purely mind. Like, there's a moment where they both draw their cards. And like Jin, uh, like so, Jin Ho can see Gura's card, and Gura's card is a one. Mm-hmm. And Jin Ho's, and Jin Ho's like, I'll bet two. And Gura like stares at his eyes for a moment and is like, I'll fold. Yeah, nope, and I'm then done. everyone's like, Is he? <laughs> like, I think uh, Songman is in the booth. Like, is he? A, he's a strategy king. He's the king of strategy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just he's. Oh, and then and then Jin Ho starts to you know like turn the tables and and manages to run it back and get the big win. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a, that was an incredible DM. Um, I, I'm thinking about trying to adapt this for, for our use because that just seems too fun for us not to play. That's amazing. It's so fun. I, do you mind if I just like read my notes from the end of this match? Cause the, you get to basically, these notes let us kind of, I narrated the back and forth of the game. Because it's not just that it's fun to watch and like Gura is is clearly dominating for a lot and then the game turns around. It's a it's a constant back and forth. Like the chip counts go up and down and then finally with like one swift pull, Jinho just takes the win. So I mentioned here, uh, you can borrow garnets from other players or not. Uh, Gura's going in. He then says the line, "My strategy is to die," which you know, same obviously. 
Um, I actually screamed no when Jinho folded with with a ten, because uh-huh. they make the rule of like if you fold with a ten, then you have to give all your your points to the, your chips to the other guy. Um, Guru realizes what I did when we played poker, which is that the best way to play poker is to play like you have a death wish if you want to win, because that sometimes works and it's really exciting. Uh, this will utterly break my heart if Jinho loses. This is a David and Goliath thing. We have to. Well, Jinho has to win this. Uh, a big no because we're now at twelve to forty three chips. I wrote, "Eat my ass, Gura." Uh, the line from Songmin is, "He's a gambling god." And then I'm saying, "Like we're totally gonna lose Jinho unless a miracle happens." With like six dot dot dots, and then here's where it all happens. Here's a montage of Gura being a prick to Jinho all season, and then the rest of this is in all caps. Jinho's going in. Jinho, you're a god. You're doing the impossible. I love you, Jinho. I love you. I love this. Gura folded on a 10. This is Jinho's game to win. Whoa. <laughs> like, just the arc had me, like, shaking. I was like, I have never been so invested in a game within a game. This is so ridiculous. It's it's easily the best DM they've had all season. And it was, it's just like, also, what a pair of players to go into it with. Like, Gura, who is, like, this, like... I don't like... The, He's he's this like sort of like he can be like statuesque and stern when he wants to. He's got good reads, he's got good mind games, and he's sort of unflinching. And Jinho has like he's he's more honest, he's more sincere, and I think that makes him easier to read. But he's mm-hmm. also got the tactical mind and the like the like the abnormal thinking enough to see around the game and see a way to beat it. Such a good game. It was such a good game. And riding the the emotional high of that, I and into the end of the episode, we got to see um. Uh, Jinho, everyone's cheering him on, and, uh, I think, yeah, girl leaves, tries to be very humble, like, shakes everybody's hands individually, and then Except for Jinho. Except for Jinho, because he's the worst. <laughs> um, is, like, super polite, he's like, you know, everyone's growing a lot, I really appreciate this. Like, this is 100% Gura in a Western reality show would be the character to have, a, like, a meltdown or something. Mm-hmm. Or to be like, this game's unfair, you guys are terrible, blah, blah, blah. But no, he really does leave on, like, polite terms, and it's really good. Um, And then just while I was still in the mindset of, like, this is the greatest show, greatest game, we get these this, like, brief final line where it's like, all right, we lost our villain. Jinho and Poong are going to take the throne. It's time to create new villains. We've got <laughs> we've got our new t- tag team duo, the Boy Kings. <laughs> Fucking Samat and Samothy's over here, ready to kill everyone. Like, that's so exciting that they were just like, all right, we got rid of the bad guy. You thought we were done? No, we have more bad guys. The thing is, though, they're not bad guys. No, no, no. I just mean that they're like, they are going to become the heels in a way, where they're just like the guy, the strategists who we have to worry about. I guess what I would say is anyone who stands against Songmin will be destroyed. (laughs) Period. Exclamation. By me, if necessary. Personally. Five years in the future. Jinho, Pung, if Songmin, if one of you eliminates Songmin this series, you better watch your fucking backs. Oh god, Songmin's leaving next week and you're gonna cry. I'm so excited. I'm gonna be so sad. I'm so upset. I The thing is, I would totally love to put down a bet that says that Songmin leaves before the end or leaves next week, but the show won't get rid of him. That's I mean, frustrating. I, I, I find frustrating your assertion that this is all scripted. You keep doing this and I hate it. <laughs> Why do you hate it? What's wrong with it being scripted? Because it's not. It has to be scripted. Because you're not giving them enough credit. To, for it to be real? 
Yes, turns out some people can compete and have a compelling competition. <laughs> Do you fucking go to the Olympics and you're like, fucking Russia's got this. Oh, oh, Are, reading off a script here, huh? Scripted? Right, the Olympics too, that's true. All right, well then fine, fuck it. Songman leaves next week. How many? Okay. Three garnets. How many do I have? Hang, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's talk about the scores right now. Okay, please. Yeah, before I throw all my of, garnets in the trash. At the end of this episode, you have 43 garnets. Oh. I have 62 garnets. Oh, wow. We have a lot. I will wager as many garnets as you want that Jin Ho, <laughs> that Songmin is not going home next week. Oh, God. If you want to do 43, I've got 43. I will put them on the table. No, God, no. I can't put 43 down. I don't want to lose everything. Um, people who have watched the season are crying right now because they you know, know what? Song no, Min. no, no. Songmin wins next week. He is going to be one of the winners next week. Fifteen Garnet says. Oh it. no. Fifteen. I, I, okay, fine. I'll take you on that bet. F- f- okay. Fifteen. Fifteen says he gets eliminated next week. You said he wins though, so we. This yeah. Is, no. Your, go your, your, your bet is your bet is he doesn't win. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, I'm giving you the good odds here, except for I'm not, because it's Songman and you just lost. <laughs> you're you're going to lose so many, you're going to lose 15 garnets, my friend. More where that came from. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 15 garnets on the books. I really Ooh. need to start just, like, cheating. <laughs> it's the only way I need to win. I need to just watch the next episode. I mean, if you don't let me Jinho you, you'd have a strong lead right now. Yeah, it's going to keep working because I'm going to keep fucking forgetting because we record like 11 years between segments. So, you know, I forget sometimes. Yeah, better get better start adding things to your notes or something. <laughs> All right. Well, Alan, it's the plug zone. Plug your stuff. Hi, uh, my name is Alan Ibrahim. I host two other podcasts. They are Chats, a television podcast. It's a TV show podcast. My friend Magellan and I do it. We're going to season three of the newsroom soon. We talk about it. It's fun. It's a good time. Find it where you listen to shows. Um, we, I also co-host Fireside Friends, which just put out a new episode. That is a pop culture podcast that I host with Ryan and Katie. It's really fun. We just talked about the anime Sanrio Boys. If you're looking for a fun, easy, like, first episode to listen to, um, and check that out at firesidefriends.net. And then finally, I'm on Twitter at Alan Ibrahim, spelled like my name, A-L-L-E-N-I-B-R-A-H-I-M. Six. Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at Six Detmar, S-I-X-D-E-T-T-M-A-R. If you want to find me on uh, podcasts and stuff, you can find me on uh, Neutral Game. That's a fighting game podcast. That's monthly. You can find me on Novel Not New. That's a visual novel podcast. That's monthly. You can find me on... Bottle Crow, Reborn, that's a Dota podcast that's weekly. Uh, you can find me on Oops All Anime, that's a weekly podcast that's for patrons only, so you'd have to go to our Patreon at patreon.com scanlinemedia for a dollar a month and check out that one. And I also have something else to promote this week. Ooh, something else. So I've mentioned in the past that uh, there are the, like these like Discord-based like uh, genius orgs that like play you know these, these, these big games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of those is starting up a new season, uh, very, very soon. So, uh, I believe registration will be open by the time this episode goes out. I'll put a link down in the show notes. If you want to click on that, you will be taken to the Genius Online Discord server, which is where they organize various seasons of Genius competitions. 
Uh, if you want to compete in competitions like this show, you can go there. Season season two, first game, Deadly Influx, will be starting very soon. Uh, I actually will be uh, watching that one as a reporter and keeping an eye and reporting on what's going on there. So that'll be pretty exciting. Huh. So check that out. Sounds like a fun time. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully I've got enough. Hopefully I've got enough time. <laughs> but until next week, Songman's gonna win. Don't fucking get it twisted. Peace out. Stay brilliant.